Hello and welcome to Say No to Tyranny, Say Yes to BBQ podcast. I'm Matt Yergler. Thank you guys for uh, downloading, listening to this episode today. Um, we really appreciate everyone who uh, is tuning in and uh, downloading this. Um, what we're trying to do here is we are building a community of like-minded people. Um, we are building a community to where we are trying to to save what is good in this country um, through the Constitution, by the Constitution, and through our politicians. Uh, today on our podcast, we are interviewing a, uh, a, a certain individual that I have great respect for. I'm excited that, uh, that we are friends and that he uh, agreed to come in and, and talk. Today we're going to talk about a specific House bill, um, the HB4. Um, with no further ado, I want to introduce to you uh, Mr. Donald Rainwater. Donald uh, ran for the governor of Indiana in 2020. He is a libertarian candidate, and he got 11.4% of the vote, um, which is, I believe, the best a, a libertarian candidate has ever done in an office that high. Um, so without further ado, um, Donald, thank you for coming on. How are you today? Well, Matt, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity uh, to talk to you and your listeners. Well, thank you again for coming in, uh, Donald. T today, uh, so the House is back in session uh, for 2021. It looks a lot different this year because of um, the virus, and they, they are doing things differently. But uh, there is a, a House uh, concurrent resolution bill, number four, that is coming up this Thursday. Um, they are either going to vote on it or send it to a committee. Is that correct? That is correct. And, and that uh, House co uh, uh, concurrent resolution, number four, uh, is to terminate the emergency health declaration uh, that Governor Holcomb issued originally on March 6th and has been uh, uh, extending uh, over and over and over again. Uh, 311 to... days, Donald. We are on today yeah. is 311. That is, that is uh, correct. Yes, and that is uh, obviously we don't live in a uh, – a monarchy. We live in a republic to where we do have a constitution, the Indiana State Constitution and Bill of Rights. And um, a lot of people, including me, um, firmly believe that this is a complete trampling on our Bill of Rights and the Indiana State Constitution. Would you agree with that? And if so, why? Well, I, I do. And I look at uh, Article 1, Section 23 of the Indiana State Constitution, which says that the Indiana General Assembly shall not uh, grant to any citizen or group of citizens a privilege or immunity that is not granted to all citizens equally. Now, and that's a paraphrase, um, but to me, when you declare an emergency and then proceed to issue executive orders 
that selectively uh, require certain businesses to close or to institute uh, limits on capacity or limit the hours that they're allowed to be open. Um, but you don't do that to everyone that immediately violates that particular, uh, article and section of the state constitution. Now people have said, well, you know, the governor is doing it through executive order. The general assembly is not doing it. And the reality is, is that here again, that in itself is an example of why the governor's actions are not constitutional in the state of Indiana. The governor has no right to issue any kind of statutory restriction on a business. It is something that the General Assembly might be able to do, although here again, if they do it, they have to do it equally to everyone. Uh, and I don't think that uh, uh, large corporate and special interests uh, would be too thrilled if they were told that they had to restrict uh, what they do the way that small businesses have been impacted here in the state of Indiana during the pandemic. Um, so I think that there are, uh, and here again, the the uh, attorney general at the time, uh, Curtis Hill, made it very clear that uh, there were problems with uh, the way that the governor has gone about doing what he's done. Yeah, I, you know that was interesting. Now uh, Curtis Hill, though he did get um, he did get defeated in the last election, and now we got Todd Rakita. Um, do you know where Todd Rakita stands on on all this and what his uh, thoughts are? Uh, I don't think he has been out uh, forthcoming uh, with any legal opinions uh, because he was too busy trying to get elected. Right. Yep. Nope. I get it. Playing politics. Uh, in, in my in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, now, and I will say that um, what we will what we will find is that many of the counties, for example, um, the county that your business is located in, which I believe is Wells County, is that correct? That is correct. Yep. Um. Many of these counties have issued um, orders through their health departments that, uh, in order to justify what they're doing, they are uh, referencing in their uh, orders the governor's emergency declaration and his executive orders. Therefore, this is why uh, House Concurrent, uh, I'm sorry, yes, House Concurrent Resolution Number 4 uh, is so important to the citizens of the state of Indiana. Because if the Indiana General Assembly will issue a resolution that terminates the emergency statewide, these counties can no longer hide behind 
the governor's emergency declaration in coming after businesses that don't comply with things, for example, such as a mask mandate. Uh, I believe that we as human beings are born with the right to choose for ourselves. It's called free will. I believe that we were all born uh, with free will, uh, endowed by God with that ability to choose for ourselves. And government in the state of Indiana is implementing uh, health department orders to tell you that you just aren't smart enough and that you shouldn't have the right to exercise free will um, and that they should tell you what you can and can't do and how to stay safe from a pandemic. Uh, and so it's really important that people uh, get out and get behind this HCR number four, it was introduced by um, State Representative Kurt Nisley and John Jacob. Uh, it has been, uh, there have been a couple of other state representatives who've signed on to it. And we're encouraging citizens to go and send an email to their state representative asking them to uh, sign on as a co-author of this resolution. And we're also asking people to send an email to Speaker of the House, Todd Houston, and let him know that you want this voted on on the House floor, not just sent to committee, because if they send it to committee, they're sending it there to die. Yes, so uh, four, four uh, House uh, um uh, representatives signed on. It was Nisley, Borders, Jacob, and Jeter. Uh, those are the four that signed That's on correct. to this bill. Um, so yeah. in, in, in this bill, it is going through every um, edict that the governor has put forth since March 6th to, to say that, you know what, they, they need to end. We are not in an emergency anymore. We, it, it has happened, you know, the emergency back in March 6th, when this first uh, pandemic came to America, we didn't know what we were dealing with. Now that we do know what we're dealing with, the American people, and like you said, the freedom or free will, if you will, um, that the American citizens have protected by the Constitution, the Indiana State Constitution and the Indiana State Bill of Rights gives us the right to make decisions on how we're going to keep ourselves healthy and how we're going to keep our families healthy. And that's exactly what this bill says. Um, on the, you know, it goes through, but at the end it says this, um, line 27 through 37, whereas Governor Eric Holcomb is issued executive orders 20-52, renewing the public health emergency originally declared on March 6, 2020, and renewed on December 1st, 2020 for the 10th time that's 311 days today and an additional 30 days effective December 31st 2020 so it's actually going on now through January um, and then it says this whereas IC 10-14-312 authorizes the General Assembly by concurrent resolution to terminate 
a state of disaster emergency at any time and specifies that if the General Assembly terminates a state of disaster emergency under the statute, the governor shall issue an executive order or pro proclamation ending the state of disaster emergency. So, Don, I guess my question to you is this. Um, obviously, I'm behind this bill. Um, I think that it's right. I think that we as uh, Hoosiers, we're smart people. We don't need the government. And, and the government can't protect us, honestly, from a virus, if you think about it. Like, they have no control over that. If we use our heads, you cannot control a virus. And, 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 but the government wants to come in and act like they know exactly what to do, how to do it. And the result of that is a lot of liberty being lost, a lot of people's livelihoods being lost. There is lives being lost because of the virus. We're not denying that. But what would you say, Donald, to somebody who comes up to you? Because I get this a lot. Like, you just don't care about people's lives. Like, you rather somebody die. If we could just save one, it's all worth it. What would your response be to that? Well, to be very frank with you, when somebody says that to me, my initial response is, do you feel the same way about the people who have committed suicide because they had mental health issues and they were uh, told by the government that they had to stay in their home for an extended period of time? Or who, because they lost their job, um, or the people who fell back into addiction and died from drug overdose uh, during 2020 uh, because of the strain and the stress of the economic impact that was created by government's uh, handling of the virus. Do, do we not care? Are those people not important? Or the people who have been severely impacted or uh, killed as a result of domestic violence? Uh, because of the increases in those. Um, that's usually what I say to those folks is who are, who, first of all, who is the government? And secondly, who are you to decide that the lives of people who get COVID are, are of more value than the, the lives of people who have uh, mental health issues, who are victims of domestic violence, who have addiction issues, who, because they lose their job, cannot feed their children, uh, and their children become ill. Why is it okay for anyone to prioritize the lives of other people? Yeah, that is that is a great point. Um, because here's the, and you really struck a chord. At the end of the day, there is a narrative right through uh, through the media. Uh, they create narratives. They create narratives and they bring them into our living rooms every day and they push it down our throats. And the narrative is COVID, 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 COVID. The narrative isn't hey, what about that suicides are up a hundred percent in some states? What about um, you know, poverty is up and through the roof. What about canceling schools and not letting children go to school, which I think is a blessing, me personally, and I, that's a whole nother conversation. But, but what isn't a blessing about that is they go home to abusive parents and child abuse is up through the roof. 
Um, they just that's not the narrative that they want us to hear. That's not the narrative that is going to um, advance their political agendas. So they push these narratives, and we as citizens of the United States of America and Hoosiers. We need to recognize, we need to start recognizing that the media is lying, the media has an agenda, and they're pushing these kinds of narratives, and then that's the only thing that gets talked about. So then you think that, hey, you know what, we put on a mask, and and we do it for the love of our neighbor, because we're going to keep them happy. Even though the masks don't protect us, we love you so much, we're protecting you. That's the narrative the media has pushed. Many of people have bought into it. A lot of Christians all of a sudden are saying, hey, you know what? Even though the scriptures, nowhere does it say in scripture that that is one way you can love your neighbor is by putting on a mask. But we have added that to scripture. So we eisegesis scripture. We read into scripture. And I guess my point is, and what I'm trying to say is that is that these narratives that are coming through the media, and I, I always go back to the Iraq war. Um, if you remember when George Bush was president of the United States, and the narrative of the media back then was to report on every soldier that got killed during President Bush's administration. And so you turn on the news, every news show, they'd have the ticker, just like they have the ticker now on COVID cases and deaths. They had the ticker of every American being killed. And the narrative became, oh my goodness, we're losing all these lives and what is it for? Whether you agree with the war or not, that's not the point. The point is, is how the media creates narratives. What, how, do, how do we convince Hoosiers to not buy into those kinds of narratives? Well, to be honest with you, Matt, I, I'm not sure that you convince uh, anybody else. What you what you really have to do is lead by example, and I, I think to especially with the some of the. Uh, situations that we see that are developing uh, this week with uh, software uh, companies that are being uh, canceled, shut down uh, because of who is uh, using their service and that the uh, Vendors that that software company, Parler, uh, depends on, don't agree with the users of their service, uh, they're being shut down. Uh, to me, we need to, as a society, realize that the, the free market still has a voice and that if we don't like the media, we can't change the media. We need to create media that is honest and transparent and show people the difference. If we want uh, good tech companies, then liberty-loving or conservative or whatever uh, adjective you'd like to use, uh, I like the, the liberty-loving adjective. Uh, liberty-loving people need to invest in 
starting tech companies that believe in liberty and competing with companies that are obviously more uh, socialist-minded. And that, to me, is what we have to start doing. I can't make somebody else think the way I think, but I can show them the positives of what I believe. And if I showed them, they might change their own mind. That's so, that's good, Don. And you know what? Let me just say this. So going back to when you were running here uh, for governor and you were doing the 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 debates with uh, Myers and Holcomb and you three were up there and you were doing your debates. And I remember watching them. Actually, uh, my whole family and I, my kids and everybody, we watched them. And the difference between what you were saying and what the other two were saying was outstanding. Um, and it kind of goes to what you're saying now is show them. Like it was perfectly clear to me and a lot of people I've talked to that there was one candidate up there who actually wanted to make the gov- government smaller. Um, there was one candidate up there that actually was liberty-minded. There was one candidate up there that knows that the government is not the answer. The liberty of the individual is the answer. And it came through loud and clear. And so I think that's kind of what you're saying here is by how you show people. Um, on, on and, and you did a great job at doing that through those, uh, through those debates, which brings us back to the House session that's going on um, today. Um, this week or in the months to come, um, the 2021 um, session for the General Assembly. Uh, a lot of these bills that are being getting the most attention right now, and they may be all of them, uh, are, are about growing the government, are about uh, how the government can step in and give money to the schools, to, to farmers, to to balancing a budget. To, I mean, it's, it's constantly... The, the, the thinking that the government is the answer. In reality, the government just needs to get out of the way, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I hearken back to uh, the uh, quote attributed to uh, President Ronald Reagan when he said the nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think that it is, uh, it is incumbent upon us to realize that government, uh, here again, as Reagan said, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem. Amen. Uh, government creates issues so they can come in with a solution. And that solution is usually we're going to have to take uh, more of your money and more of your individual freedom, your liberty, in order to uh, have the power to fix this problem that we created. And so until we as a society wake up and realize that – we need to stop feeding the cancer that is killing America, which is big government. Um, 
we're, we're not going to get anywhere. We have to say big government's the problem, and we need to start saying no. No more big government. We're going to stop this. We're going to turn it around, and we're going to start saying no. Yep. Yeah, you know, um, you're exactly right. Uh, I would I would take it a, a step farther, and, and this isn't really a question directed towards you. It's towards my audience. Um, I would take it a step farther and say that it starts with the individual. Um, we as, uh, we as um, Hoosiers, Americans, we have gotten away from, from, um, from God. We need, to, we need to repent as individuals, turn back to the Lord for salvation, and ask for mercy. And when it starts in the individual, then we branch out to the family. And we start teaching our kids and our wives and our and 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 then from there we branch out to our local government and 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 we start running for office. People with who know the answers on on what got us to where we were at was 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 based on life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which is all God alienated rights. It goes back to Augustine. Um, it goes to uh, uh, either Martin Luther, uh, John Calvin. It goes. Uh, Aristotle, even his philosophies were all based on biblical principles, the moral law. That is what the Constitution um, and the Indiana State Constitution is all based on. And we want to just throw that out of the window and we want to start uh, relying on the government and thinking the government is our friend. And the government is not our friend. Our founding fathers knew what was in the hearts of men and what power does to corrupt. Uh, the best of individuals, and we are seeing that played out over and over and over and over again, and and so I just want to encourage our listeners to to turn back to Christ and and to repent for their sins, and and to 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 ask and and become what God wants us to be as individuals, and from there I think is where the change can happen. Um, so going back to this House Bill. Uh, for that's really important, and and you know I noticed you've been doing some protests in front of the uh, the the state capitol building. Um, how has that turnout been? Do you do you feel like people actually see the the importance of passing this resolution? Are you getting support, Don, in this? Well, I believe we're getting a great deal of support, and and I believe that um, you know it's a It's an ongoing, growing effort. Um, we we got a good turnout uh, at the state house uh, last Tuesday, considering that it was nine o'clock in the morning, and uh, it was really, really cold. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I get uh, that. I got a lot, I got a lot of messages from people. I had to work. Wish I could have been there, um, but we did get a good turnout for uh, the uh, short period of time we had to um, let people know that we were going to be there. We got a good turnout from media. We got uh, very. Pardon me. We got. Good media turnout. I think that was important. Uh, but this is a, uh, you know, it's an ongoing effort. Uh, my conversation with you today is 
an opportunity for us to get the word out to people who maybe are not aware. And it's very important. And so I would encourage your, your listeners, um, you know, go out and tell other people. You go and send the emails to your state representative and your state senator and to, to House Speaker Todd Houston. Um, and by the way, while you're doing that, send an email to uh, State Representative uh, Nisley and Jacob and Jeter and uh, I can't remember the other border. Uh, you got uh, Jacob, Nisley, Borders, and Jeter. Yep. Yes. Send them an email and thank them for their yes. courage and their backbone. Yes. Let them know how much you appreciate the fact that they are willing to stand in the face of the storm of the establishment political machine that they're willing to take a stand against their their party's leadership uh, because the governor is their party leadership. Yes. And uh, tell them how much you appreciate what they're doing. And after you send out these emails, then get a hold of your family, your friends, your neighbors, people that don't like you. I don't care who it is. (laughs) I I think I got a lot of those. Get a hold of everybody that you can and say, hey, send emails to these people about this House concurrent resolution number four. Because this is the first step in restoring the economic stability and the government stability to the state of Indiana. Uh, Please remember, we are supposed to be a representative republic that has three equal but but separate branches of government. And right now we have a legislature that has talked a big game over the summer. Yep. But now that they're going back in session, they've tucked their tails between their legs and they talk about what a great job the governor has done in such a difficult time. And they're not willing to take their legislative power back. Yep. As a matter of fact, I heard on the radio the other day that the governor is going to tell the legislative leadership what parts of his power he's willing to consider for them to restrict and which he's not. That's not his place. The representatives in the Indiana General Assembly were not elected to represent Eric J. Holcomb. They were elected to represent you and me. Amen. And that's who they need to listen to. And the only way they can listen to us is if we voice our opinion. Yep. So I encourage your listeners to do that. Yes. And so just going through this real quick here, um, if, if this bill would pass, this is what this bill is saying, that the General Assembly finds that Hoosiers are responsible for and capable of protecting the health and safety of themselves and their families. 
uh, whereas the General Assembly finds that Hoosiers have been educated and informed on how to pro properly protect themselves and their families from COVID-19, whereas the General Assembly finds that the state of emergency is no longer necessary to protect the health, safety, and welfare of the residents of Indiana, and whereas the General Assembly finds that the various restrictions imposed upon the residents of Indiana to implement the state of disaster emergency are no longer necessary to protect the health, safety, and welfare of the residents of Indiana. And that couldn't be that couldn't be truer. Uh, we do know what we're dealing with. We do know how to protect ourselves. We do know the risk now. And, uh, and so everything you just said about going out, I know I've emailed my representative. I, uh, I've talked to my representative. Um, you know, it, it is important because once, once we lose our liberties, like we're losing, and once we start having a government and a governor that starts governing like this, we don't get that back, do we, Don? No, not unless we take it back. And, and taking and, it and back by force is not the answer. Uh, like so, well, what? No, and what I mean by that is, what I mean by that, Matt, is this resolution takes it back, and I mean. When I say we need to take our government back, I'm not I'm not advocating violence in any way, shape, or form. And I know you're when not. I just wanted to be clear. I just wanted to be clear yeah. on what happened there in the in the state house. You know that when when we when I use that language a lot. We got to fight. We got to push back. But in no way are we saying violence. That's not what we're Absolutely promoting. Not. As right. a libertarian, I oppose uh, all force and violence for uh, political or social means. I am completely against violence. I am all about utilizing the government system under which we are supposed to operate, the constitutionally limited government that we are supposed to have, uh, and using that to ensure that uh, we, the people, retain our autonomy in this country and in the state of Indiana. I, I made a, a post. Uh, I have uh, I've started a uh, political action committee, a PAC. Uh, it's called Liberty is Essential PAC. Um, and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, and I posted on Facebook this morning. Uh, in the, the PAC page, a, a post about the fact that um, the law of conservation of energy says that uh, energy cannot be created or destroyed. It can only be transferred from one object to another hmm. and from one state to another. And the reality is, is that power and authority are the same. The government cannot create or destroy power. The government only gets its power through force or through consent of the governed. And we have the responsibility as citizens who want to be free to ensure that we retain our power as individuals through our individual rights, and that only by 
giving those up to the government or the government taking them through force, can we lose those rights? And what we've seen over time is that we as a citizenry have given up our rights in order to get a little security. And as Ben Franklin said, uh, and I'll paraphrase, uh, people who are willing to give up some essential liberty for some temporary security deserve neither liberty nor security. Mm. And this is a this is a paramount example with this pandemic. Yes, and we you know what we did not give up a little liberty, Don. We gave up a lot, and we gave up a lot for a virus that um, you know kills or is 99.99% survivable. Um, so it's not that, you know, if we had a, a virus on our hands that was taking out people left and right, men, women, and children, of course, again, this, this bill explains it. Like we, we are smart. We, we have, we have a brain. We, we, we don't want people to die. We don't want people to, we don't want to put people in harm's way. We don't want to get people sick. That's the last thing we want to do. But we also, in a balanced type of a, a, a framework, we don't want to see our businesses going away, going out of business, getting uh, shut down. We don't want to see su- you know suicides going up, everything we already talked about, depression. We don't want to see children getting abused at home because now they can't go to school and escape it. I mean, we, we don't want to see that either. So a balanced approach to this is common sense, I would think. Um, however, we have given up so much liberty for the sake of a virus that is wildly survivable, and I just never understood it, and I still don't. Um, but I'm hoping people are opening it up and and seeing what we're actually dealing with here. That's my prayer. Uh, I pray it all the time um, that people' eyes will open up to see that that what has been shoved down our throats, forced down our you know into our minds, is not truth. And and so. When you look at the truth, then we need to step back and not only step back and make an assessment of what and how we're going to protect ourselves from a virus or any virus for that matter, but also how are we going to vote differently in the next election? Um, Are we still going to just keep voting in the incumbents? Because you're right. It does seem like the House has their tail behind their legs all of a sudden. Now, I do know that Jim Lucas, I think, is bringing forth a bill. That is 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 um, seven days of giving the governor this power. He's trying to rein in the health departments and OSHA, uh, making them get a warrant to shut anybody down, things like that. I I know that Matt Lehman, which is my representative, wants to bring forth a bill, and that gives the governor thirty days of power, I believe, before cover uh, bringing in the general assembly and making it into law. There are other bills out there, but the bill we're discussing today is the the most important, the one that makes the most sense, and the one that really needs to be the one that gets passed. Don't you agree? Well, I think this one precludes the others. The others are important as well, but what the others, in my opinion, what the others are doing is they're saying, well, in the future, it should be like this. But we're okay with what this governor has done because we're not going to, to put a stop to it. 
So I would I would challenge the uh, representatives and the senators who are bringing forth other bills to uh, modify future situations, and I would challenge them to put their name on uh, HCR number four as an author or a sponsor in order to say, before we can fix uh, what happens in the future, we need to acknowledge that this needs to stop today. That is a great way of putting so, it. So I, I, I applaud all of the efforts of uh, representatives and senators to bring forth bills to make sure this never happens in the future. But if we're saying it shouldn't happen in the future, then we should be saying it shouldn't have happened now, and we should be stopping it now. Yep. Yep. And so for those who are like, well, you know, I don't want to get on this because I don't want to upset Governor Holcomb or say that Governor Holcomb did did this uh, the wrong way. For example, Governor Holcomb says uh, that, he spoke with leadership several times to see if there was an appetite for a special session. And they said there wasn't. Now, when he says leadership, I'm assuming that he means that he spoke with the Republican speaker of the house and the Republican uh, pro tem of the Senate. And that the two of those gentlemen along with the governor, decided there was no need for a special session. There are 6.7, or probably a little more, million Hoosiers. Each one of the 100 representatives in the, in the, the House of Representatives in Indiana, each one of them represents 1% of the population. The government is supposed to be run by the people, government of the people, by the people, for the people. So when the governor says he spoke with the leadership to see if there was uh, a, an appetite for a special session, he basically said that three men should make the decisions for 6.7 million people. The rest of the House of Representatives and the rest of the state senators are of no consequence. Their opinions mean nothing, and the opinions of their constituents evidently mean nothing. It's just those three guys. And I think that that is wholly and fundamentally wrong and is an example of how out of control and power-hungry our current government in the state of Indiana has become. And I believe that we, the people, need to let our representatives know that we don't appreciate the fact that only three men are allowed to weigh in on something that affects 6.7 million people. 
Yep, that is not the way the Constitution was ever meant to be carried out, was it? Um, and that's where we're at. And we're you're right, we're allowing it. So at the end of the day, we need politicians, we need people, men and women, to run for office with a backbone and with people that stand on strong convictions um, with the with the Constitution and and our Bill of Rights. And we need them to stand firm and, and not be afraid to hurt the governor's feeling, even if you do have an R behind your name and the governor has an R behind your name. That's why I thought that you would have been so effective if you would have won the race, Donald, is because um, I think that, that you would have done that. I think that I think that you would have led the the Republicans and the Democrats into coming up with bills that actually move forth in bringing um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness to all Hoosiers. Um, and, you know, you did well. Like I said in my uh, introductory, you got 11.4%. That's the highest the Libertarian candidate ever got in, in that high of a office race before, wasn't it? In a three-way race. In a three-way race. Uh, yes, in a, in a statewide three-way race here in Indiana. So then that leads uh, us to our last segment on putting you on the spot. What are you doing? You haven't went away since the election. Um, uh, are you planning on making another run? Is that something you'd be willing to discuss? Well, we, you know, we can discuss that um, in 2024. Uh-huh. <laughs> right now, as I said, <laughs> uh, I have... Uh, launched a political action committee uh, with the intent of staying involved and uh, working to have an influence on the issues uh, that are important to me. Uh, And that includes uh, both, you know, they say all politics is local. And so what we have to do is we have to start a grassroots movement to get liberty-minded people focused back on our towns, our cities, our townships, our counties. You know, you weren't sh- your business wasn't shut down by the state of Indiana. Your business was shut down by Wells County, correct? Um, it was all, I would say, in that, now I'm in a court case, so i got to be careful on how I say this. Well, but, uh, yeah, so let me, let me retract that. Instead of asking <laughs> you that question, let me say yeah, this. I, I'm supposed to be putting you on the spot, uh, not you putting me on the yeah, spot, all right? No, I understand, and I don't want to do that. Uh, there are entirely too many county councils, city councils, town councils, mayors, county commissioners, county health departments that believe that they are empowered to tell people what they can and can't do. Amen. I believe that when Jefferson wrote that the, to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, that that means that government's job is to secure our individual liberties and to settle disputes when people infringe on each other's rights. Now, I believe that government at every level in the state of Indiana has gone way over its intended purpose. Uh, And so I am going to work through 
the Liberty is Essential Pack to get that grassroots movement started. Good. And to make sure that we are electing people at the 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 municipal and county and state level who are liberty minded and who understand the difference between uh, government of and by of by and for the people and the nanny state because we don't want a nanny state our constitutionally limited government is not supposed to be what it is today we should not be talking about a state budget that is going to be you know upwards of 32 to 35 billion dollars over 2 years that's ridiculous you know, and I just want to encourage everybody, and everything you're saying, I'm 100% on board with. Um, in fact, I have the same vision here in my county. Um, and then everybody listening in whatever county you're living in, it's the same thing. It's, it's um, we, we, we start with our counties. That's how we do this. It's going to take time. But I, here's what I want my listeners to know is I don't believe for a second that we this is too far gone to save. I believe that we can turn this around by getting men and women, just like you said, Don, on who are liberty-minded, who have a backbone, who, you know, and honestly, it's going to take men and women who are going to govern to their own hurt. And what I mean by that is, is that, yeah, you might be a small business owner and you might be on city council. And if you don't, and if you're fighting against, you know, other politicians, it could affect your small business um, we, we got to find people who are willing to govern against their own hurt to, for, um, for the love of their neighbor. Uh, I, I don't know how else to really say it. Um, but that's the kind of men and women we need getting on the ballots here in two years when, when the election comes back around again. Um, we need men and women who are willing to govern to their own hurt. Does that make sense? Well, it does. I understand what you're saying, and, and I will say it in a, in a little bit different way. Uh, we need citizens to step up and uh, participate in governance, and we need to eliminate, we need to get rid of uh, the political elite establishment uh, of the, in my opinion, of the Republican and Democrat parties, which have become uh, entities unto themselves. You know, I hear people all the time say, well, you know, I'm a Republican. And, and I look at them and I go, but is what the Republican Party is doing, does that represent you? Oh, no. Well, you know, that's a problem. We have to stop. We have to stop saying that uh, the 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 form of government that we want is the form of government that we've got. We have to be honest, and and I think that as citizens, that's that's our biggest hurdle, is we have to be honest and we have to admit that the people who have taken over our government and the political parties that are 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 fighting over our government don't represent us as citizens. They represent something that, in my opinion, is uh, nefarious. 
uh, evil even. Yes. Uh, to the point that, you know, they, they will uh, destroy you if you don't uh, serve their purpose. Right. And, and, and we've got to wake up to that, and we've got to, as citizens, say, we're going to get involved. Yeah. We're not going to stand by and let them throw at us these these people who have been uh, picked by them to Lord rule over us. Yes. Which time we got back to self-government. Yep. And I think how we got here one big way was we were busy. We were busy men and women who were going out and, and building businesses and working and, and providing for our family. And we were voting in these people thinking that they had our best interest in mind. And in reality, um, they have been governing in a way that wasn't in our best interest. And as more, and I think this is going to happen, unfortunately, because I don't see um, if this if if the resolution isn't passed and if if the house doesn't rein in the governor, there's going to be more jobs lost. There's going to be all these things more uh, hurt coming to all Hoosiers. And maybe then, when we have more time on our hands and we sit back and we reflect on how are we here, how did we get here, and what do we need to do to get out of it. Uh, maybe people will start focusing more and citizens, like you said, will start coming out of the woodwork and and being more involved in supporting and encouraging the peoples like the Nisleys, the Jacobs, the the um, Jeter, and now I forget the other person who signed in on there. But borders. Yes, borders. You know, sending them in, in emails and in phone calls of encouragement. And we do need to email and call our, our reps and tell them that, hey, this is what we need to do. This is what you being my, me being your constituent, you, you are representing me. Here's how we want you to handle this situation, this bill. We want you to vote yes for it. But we want to be very respectful. We don't want to be demanding. We need to respect our leaders um, and, and be respectful in doing that. But I do encourage everybody to email, call, tell your friends the same thing, that liberty is essential. And that just is a good segue into what I'm going to say next. Go on Facebook. Check up. Check out Liberty is Essential. Um, it's it's Donald Rainwater's pack that he started. It is a a pack that is going to promote the principles of limited government in Indiana. Their vision is to ensure the unalienable unalienable rights of every Hoosier and protected by the elected and appointed officials. So check them out on Facebook. Like them. Um, I know here in Wells County, where I live, we are getting more involved. We are doing more things. You can check out our pages uh, as well, Yergi State Road Barbecue on Facebook. Like that. Follow us. We're going to be posting things. Um, and, Donald, I just want to really thank you for coming on today and spending an hour with me. Um, it, it amazes me where... God has brought me in this last year from just being a normal business, a normal guy, a business owner, trying to create, to build um, that, what, what God had intended for me. And that all got taken away on August 28th. And since then, God still has been faithful. And I got into podcasting, who'd ever thought. And for you to come on to my show when I'm really a nobody, it, it says a lot about you, Donald, and I appreciate it. Um, and I wish you the best. If there's anything I can do for you, uh, let me know. 
Um, I will be happy. I, I am supporting you still, just like I supported you in the election. We need to elect governing officials like Donald Rainwater. Um, and, and so thanks for coming on, sir, and I appreciate it. Well, Matt, thank you so much. And, you know, you say you're a nobody, but the reality is, is that, you know, here again, all Hoosiers are essential, and every Hoosier business provides the necessities of life for the owner uh, and the employees. And so, you know, there is nobody who's a nobody, um, if that makes any sense. Yes. And, and again, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, and, uh, you know, here again, I think it is just so eminently important that uh, the citizens of the state of Indiana uh, become active and vocal uh, with their government. So thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Have a great day, and uh, hopefully we talk soon. And if you could find some more interesting people for me to interview, Donald, I would love to do it. So, Absolutely. All right. Have a great day, sir. You as well. Uh, bye.